Hey, you're listening to episode lucky number 13 of Weight Coach with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach. Hi, everybody. I talked on my last episode about my mission for the next 60 days. I want to do 100 free transformations in many sessions. This is already becoming scheduled in, so don't dally. We'll get on the phone together for about half an hour where we can identify something that's causing you some emotional pain, and we're going to resolve it right then, right on the call. I'll tell you about the programs I offer and if you would be a good fit to work with me. You'll get a piece of actionable advice, and you'll get to experience what it's like to be coached by me. No obligation. So don't wait. You know I'd love to talk to you. You can schedule a session with me just by going to talktojoanne.com. To, like T-O, Joanne, J-O-A-N-N. Talktojoanne.com takes you right to my schedule. At the end of each of the two months, I'm jumping on my podcast, this one, and on Widowcast, and I'll draw a name from that month's signups for a free $100 Amazon gift card. I'm giving away free transfer transformation. I'm giving away two $100 Amazon gift cards during the 60-day time. I want people to know what it is a life coach really does. I want to get it out there, what I do as a weight coach, what I do as a life coach. I can only handle about 10 spots a week for many sessions, so get in there. It fills up. TalkToJoanne.com takes you right to my scheduling calendar. So, do you wish you could know for sure which weight loss program is the most successful? Yeah? How about not one that's even 100% of the time? Not one that's even one-tenth of the time? Maybe not any that are even successful more than 5% of the time. Failure rates are most often quoted as 95% at the lowest. Real studies show the failure rates even higher. Why? Because they're goal-focused. List of foods all aimed at treating your symptoms of weight gain instead of diagnosing the cause of your weight gain. So the weight loss program that's going to be the most successful is the one that works for you and tackles the cause of your overeating. Sure, you can buckle up the willpower belt, pull in all your self-determination, and begin your own starvation experiment with 1,200 calories a day or a set number of points or servings or whatever we're counting at the moment. But this is not addressing why you're feeling the urges to overeat. Which means that you've been having to work against those urges. You're in a battle with yourself. And that battle will eventually crumble and collapse into old habits. It's just inevitable. If you're fighting against your own mind, your mind is going to win out. There's something in this world called body diversity. And that's just as it sounds. There are those whose body wants to stay slender. No matter how much food they stuff in, their body will fight back to drop back to where it thinks they need to be. 
I hear of so many people who think they want to lose like 10, 12 pounds. And sure, their emotional pain over those 10 pounds is just as significant as the emotional pain someone feels that wants to lose 50 pounds or 75 pounds or more. Emotional pain and beating yourself up over your weight is the same pain no matter where your body is. But the truth may be, for someone with 10 pounds to lose, that their body is exactly where it should be for their maximum health. And they actually do more damage than good by trying to diet down those 10 pounds, whether it's a diet plan or doing a detox for 30 days or whatever. Why? Why could that do more damage? Because their body can fight back by dropping their basic metabolic rate and causing them to regain those 10 pounds and then maybe even another five pounds because now the body's gonna try even harder to stay at that new higher number. And every time you try to rip off those few pounds, again, it's going to reset with a lower minimum number of calories for your basic metabolic rate. I like to call it your basic burn rate. And what your basic burn rate is, um, like if you were in a coma laying in bed all day, that's the number of calories your body needs to keep you alive. That's what a basic metabolic rate is. And you're going to end up eating what you normally would have eaten, but your basic metabolic rate has dropped down. So now when your weight goes back on again, it's going to a number slightly higher than the last time. This is what the studies on the Biggest Loser contestants has been revealing. For many of them, they've maybe not necessarily yo-yo dieted before, but they had become very overweight and then dropped it as quickly as possible on the show. Um, it's portrayed on the show as being even faster because what was in reality maybe two, day, two weeks or 10 days, they're showing it as a weekly weigh-in. So it looks like they've lost a lot of weight in a week's time. Contestants regained their weight after the end of the show, and now studies are showing that the result is their basic metabolic rate is far lower than it normally should be for their sex, weight, height, and age. Okay, that means that to stay where they're at now, they have to eat much, much less to not gain weight. When I was in high school, I thought I was fat because I was not like young girl slender. And I bet there's a bunch of you nodding your heads yes. <laughs> I know we all look back at that and go, God, I thought I was fat. You know, when I was in high school, I didn't have that young girl slender body. I had hips, I had thighs, I had curves. I walked miles and miles every day, three miles to school. I walked around a high school campus that was like the size of a college campus. I did dance classes every day. I walked the three miles back home. I was really very active and fit, yet I thought I was hugely fat at 142 pounds. And on the height weight charts, 142 pounds was over the range for my height and age. The truth was though, that I had built a lot of muscle and I had a solid, beautiful figure. Unfortunately, I didn't see it that way, and I dieted unmercifully. I really did, and I suspect that if saner minds had prevailed back in the day, I might not have had such weight issues throughout my adult life. 
if I had acknowledged that my body type was just meant to be a size 10 or 12 and not a size 6 and accepted that, my weight may have stayed fairly stable with that and I would not now be at a really low basic metabolic rate. Studies are showing that the basic metabolic rate is not returning to normal levels and they never return to normal levels. They're watching this on those Biggest Loser contestants that, and those are people that are five years out, six years out from their time on the show. Repeated dieting off a few pounds can become a much larger issue. There's an excerpt from Jonathan Baylor's book. He wrote The Calorie Myth. In a 1986 University of Pennsylvania study, rats were put on repeated rounds of yo-yo diets. The second time the rats lost weight by eating less, they lost weight 100% slower and regained the weight 300% faster than the first time they ate less. The study also found that during their second round of yo-yo dieting, the rats stored body fat more efficiently than the rats who were constantly eating a fattening diet. The conclusion, trying to lose weight by reducing food quantity is not a winning strategy. Improving your food quality is a much better way to go. You know, I saw that video with Oprah from Super Soul Sunday where she was talking about the transformative path she's taking in view of her weight. Um, and that was, it was a fantastic clip. I loved it. But I had also just recently saw a clip of her being interviewed and she was saying that she's just accepted the fact that she's doing Weight Watchers for the rest of her life and counting points for the rest of her life. Makes me sad. Counting points is pretty cool closely the same as counting calories. Um, I know that Weight Watcher points takes into account just not the calories, but the amount of protein and fiber and everything in it. But counting calories and hence counting points is not an exact science and never can be. One medium potato from another is going to vary drastically in calories depending on where the potato was grown, when it was harvested, what the weather was like, one potato can be as much as higher in calories as 25%. I'm talking a white potato, two white potatoes that are the very same size, but one can be 25% more calories than the other, depending on all these outside factors. This morning I was reading an article in uh, Scientific America. It talks about another contribution to the impossibility of calorie counting. It was an article that was published back in September of 2013. Rob Dunn wrote that nutrition scientists are beginning to learn enough to hypothetically improve calorie labels, but digestion turns out to be such a fantastically complex and messy affair that we will never derive a formula for an infallible calorie count. Human digestive tracts vary. The gut bacteria can make a huge difference in how many calories your body extracts from the food you eat. There are now studies being done on various samples of gut bacteria and how it affects our weight. 
There is a study where they transplanted gut bacteria from a slender person and gut bacteria from a naturally overweight person into rats. And the rats responded to that gut bacteria by staying slender with the gut bacteria transplanted from the person who is naturally slender or the rats that got gut bacteria from the person who tended to be overweight. Those rats gained weight with that person's gut bacteria in their digestive tract, even though all the rats were continued on the same identical diets that they were fed prior to the transplant of the different gut bacteria. So the truth is, the only diet plan for your body is what your body knows you need to eat. The only way to stick with that is to relearn your own hunger. Get back in touch with what your body wants and stop eating from anything other than hunger, including boredom, including habit eating, including emotional eating. Even boredom and habit is the product of emotional eating. So really, it all boils down to emotional eating. This is why I start my clients with something as seemingly so simplistic as the hunger scale. It sounds basic and it looks basic. And, you know, I, it took me a while to go back to looking at a hunger scale. It's not something new to me. I had read about hunger scales in the past set up in different ways. Using the hunger scale is harder to get started with than it seems. It can be harder to stick with that. We have a fear of feeling our own hunger. We have for so long ignored our hunger satiated signals. No longer can you notice your hunger until it's like hunger, feed me now kind of hunger. Then it's too late. You've gone too far and you're likely going to overeat in response to it because you were like too hungry when you finally sat down to eat. And notice that I like to talk about being satiated instead of saying full, hungry or full. It's because I've learned from most of my clients that they think of full as stuffed. They, they miss the mark and they overeat until they have a sensation of fullness in their stomach. And that's not where you should be eating to. And I bet you rarely, if ever, ate to that level of fullness as a little kid. Satiated means you're, you're no longer feeling hungry. And you've taken a few more bites past that, but you still feel pretty light inside. You feel good. Your mouth and mind might think you want to keep on eating because it's something that just tastes so good. I just want to keep eating it. But stop. No, you can always eat it again when you get hungry again. Go back and have some more. If you get hungry again, stop when you hit that, that little place that's just passed. You're no longer hungry and you've eaten a little more and now you feel good and you feel light. You can even go have a glass of water, get it from the table, take a stretch. Maybe a habit of having a nice cup of hot tea after dinner will help you slow it back and give your stomach and mind a chance to catch up. When you learn to eat according to what your body tells you, it doesn't matter if it's a 163 calorie potato or a 205 calorie potato. Your body's going to tell you when you've had enough. So you're no longer sweating the calories. You're no longer shooting for a goal of weighing X number of pounds. 
you're working towards eating healthier and you're learning when you're just starting to get hungry and when to stop eating. And it works. It works like magic. Throw into that learning how to look at your own thoughts and discover the thoughts that have caused you to want to overeat. Find out what it is that gives you those urges to overeat so you can resolve that. And again, like I said, it works like magic. Will you become a size four? Hey, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe your body is meant to be a size 10 or even a size 12 or somewhere in between a size four and a size 12, but your body will land where it is healthy and where you are happy with how you're feeding yourself. And if you've done the thought work, you will have chosen your happiness and it will not be ruled by a skill anymore. That's what I wish for you. Easy, natural return to your normal weight and finding the joy in your life every day. That's my wish. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast and think you know a friend who might like it too, send them a link or tell them to jump on my website and click on podcasts in the menu. The site is joannethelifecoach.com. Word of mouth is like the best promotion my show can get, and I love that. So do that. Go get a free mini session at talktojoanne.com and talk to me, okay? Until next time, bye guys. Bye.